Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Ryan, I'm good. How have you been? Yeah, it's very good, thanks. Been a long time, it feels. I know, I was just thinking. So I went to Portugal um, for vacation about a month ago. And I think we talked, uh, we haven't talked since then. So it has been a little bit. No, no, we haven't. I didn't realize you were on holiday. I thought you might have been work trip. No, that was, that was just for, for fun. Very nice. Which part of Portugal are you in? Um, We went to... Lisbon and then we went over to Madeira and then to Porto and then back up to Lisbon. So it's my first time there. Have you been? Uh, yeah, Lisbon and um, we normally go to Estoril and Cascais, uh, which are about half an hour, an hour out of Lisbon on the coast. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it is. We sort of missed the, I guess, the beachy coast. It was May, so it wasn't, you know, it was warm, but um, not peak beach season, I guess. So oh, I'll yeah. Go back at some point. <laughs> the temperatures are coming, that's for sure. Because we're, we're in our 29, 30 degrees today. And normally the mainland is a couple of degrees higher. So they, they'll be in the 35 now. So yeah, you've, uh, you might have dodged a bullet there. Um, <laughs> we were trying used- to dodge some crowds, really, before it got super, <laughs> super busy. Yeah, yeah, that could be a thing too, for sure. No, good. Did you, so, so would you go back? I guess that's always the important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's always more to do. We have like a week, so just a really a couple of days in each city. There are some beautiful hikes on Madeira that I really wanted to do, but we got the weather didn't agree with us for our hiking plans, so we had to cancel. So that was kind of a bummer. So I'll have to go back at some point just to do some of those hikes. Yeah, uh, I mean, is there enough time? That's the reality. Um, especially with, you know, you look as much as you like online, and as much as an AI could help you, you'd still get there and still not do everything you want to do. Anything new or exciting with you? Well, we are well imminently approaching the release of the value SaaS platform and the training. So we haven't talked about that yet on on the podcast. So we can talk about that today, and some new stuff. Uh, associated with that, which is value execs. So maybe it's worth going through all of that stuff because I've hopefully people are seeing all the activity on LinkedIn and and uh, we haven't done things through the email list as much as I'd like to by now, but that'll that'll start coming now. I've written quite a lot of content for that now, so that'll start coming. But yeah, we can talk about that. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. And I don't know if you've introduced value at all yet officially on this show. No, and that's funny because I actually did a recording with Tom yesterday. And at the end of the conversation, he asked me, like, so what's going on? And I get, we did the whole thing. So um, it's quite funny how that was the, that was probably that'll probably be the first episode that goes out. Uh, and then this one. So, I mean, digital, firstly, digital workspace works won't go away. This podcast will stay. Uh, I think we, we have a good uh, brand. We have you know good feedback from people. And, and you know, it's, a, it's still a topic that's fun to talk about and, and you know, lets us discuss you know, various things. 
value will basically become the parent to that uh, from a brand ownership point of view. Uh, and there will be some new value uh, content that will come out focused on more on, on video-based stuff, so YouTube. So we'll probably keep this format audio, and then we'll do a, a video-based show through through value uh, that will be deployed primarily on YouTube. And then because we already pay for Transistor with the ability to have multiple podcasts, we'll probably just do the audio uh, there as well. And that'll be interesting because there'll be a couple of different formats to this, and, and uh, I don't want to say anything more because rather, rather than people come and listen to it, it's really. So value is something that I've done for years in, in many, many roles and, and in my advisory capacity where I've come into a business where they're trying to do something and they just can't get there for whatever reason. They, they need a driver. They need um, to understand what the actual thing is. Uh, they need to figure out why or what to do uh, first. So through the years, and, and you know, we're talking multiple decades now because I'm getting old, I put together sort of a, a methodology that I use. Uh, and that's what we will be putting out uh, as part of the training is the sort of value max methodology. And what is it about? It's about getting to value. And what is value? Well, that's going to depend on, on what the thing is and what the business is. It's usually going to be cost driven. Uh, you know, we're trying to save money or, or get a return on investment for the business. Uh, I use value as opposed to return on investment because we just don't know what the, what the thing is until we start doing it. Or is it a risk mitigation? Uh, a lot of what I do is risk mitigation, you know, be it governance. You know, pivoting a business away from what they were doing to where they want to go because they have a risk of of collapsing if they're carrying what they're doing, or it's something you know that's led by a need for the organisation. You know, if you're in banking, there's a lot of whole lot of regulations, uh, financial services, whole lot of regulations that also drive things to a large extent. But basically, that's the the, the crux that we we help businesses to find value in their initiatives, uh, specifically digital transformation. So, from a brand point of view, we're calling that value advisory. Uh, and that's myself and whoever else we need that brings in uh, skills and knowledge to help a customer. Um, and those will tend to be, you know, project-based or initiative-based pieces of work. Uh, we then have the value training, which I mentioned. So there will be some courses that we've put together. Uh, we've got about eight or nine listed, and about six are, six are built. So those will start coming out now. Uh, and those are things that I come across, or people that I've worked with come across a lot. And we just feel like they're important for people to know. So, for example, how do you build trust? You're working with a customer. How do you get that customer to trust you? Or you're an internal team lead or manager or whatever it is, and you need to get people to trust that trust you from a relationship building point of view, but also from a delivery point of view to get you know funding for your project or your initiative and all that kind of stuff. So there's just there's techniques you can use to to help do that and. Uh, I was talking to someone else about this morning. Some of the stuff is like common sense, but until someone puts it together for you and, and sort of explains to you how it all fits together, not everyone gets it. So it's, it's not common sense for everyone. Uh, and there's that phrase that common sense is not common. That kind of speaks to my heart when I say that. So the other thing uh, that ties uh, as a foundational level is our SaaS platform. So that's going to come out now. Uh, we're at our MVP stage. We've got a lot of plans with this thing. So this is very much the entry level. And this is this is the methodology systematized. So um, we use uh, objectives, key results as one of the key steps in the process. Uh, so this will this will cover that aspect, and then it helps you to prioritize and to plan. And we've got a couple of scenarios that we've baked into the product, uh, and a scenario is a problem and a solution. Because often what I come across is, and I don't want to say everyone's the same, but it's like playing poker. You can play many games of poker with with variations, uh, but you're still using a deck a deck of of cards 
uh, or multiple decks of cards. Um, but the permutations are all there. So the scenarios are like that. You can have a um, the game with the with the known suits, um, with the known hands that can give you a you know, greater chance of winning. That's what the scenarios are. And the scenario is a problem solution. So we will you know, articulate what a problem is, and then we'll articulate an action plan uh, to address that uh, that problem. So what could that be? Uh, in information security world, you could be doing an ISO 27K certification, and we'll have the things you've got to do from, a, from an objective's point of view, a key results point of view as templates, uh, and then we'll have the scenarios that you need to also go through in order to make sure that you are compliant. Things like if you are a SaaS business like we are, we'd have to do a penetration test uh, on our product uh, and on our websites and all that kind of stuff. Uh, depending on what kind of business you have, you'd have similar things you'd have to do. So that's where the, the, the SaaS product gives us the ability to uh, to scale. Um, and when I say scale, that you know that takes the advisory work that we would be doing, which is usually you know initiative at a time, to allow anybody to go and do their initiatives and use the platform. And and the idea here is that we are giving this. We're primarily focusing on the on the consultant, the managed service provider, the system integrator, the um, customer success, the pre-sales person. Because part of what we do is is the business case piece. So we we help a customer uh, to, to figure out what their business case is for doing the initiative. And then at the end, we help them to realize the benefit from it, which is important. Mm-hmm. Because there's no point doing the project if you're not going to realize the benefits. Uh, and that's why I sort of label out those things, because you're a pre-sales person working with a customer they need to understand not only the potential technical capability or concerns for the customer, but also how does this actually add value in that environment? And that'll come back to the risk or the or the cost um, levers, which are the main two usually. And then from a customer success point of view, whatever was sold has to be delivered and ensure that the customer gets the same thing. So what often happens is, and you know, it's the old story, sales will go sell something and customer success has to go and deliver it. And they're like, we don't do that. How did this cover up? So we're trying to connect that thing up a little bit. We're not trying to solve that problem per se, but I think we, we will see an improvement there with, with, uh, without a doubt. And then you get onto the the SI, the managed service provider, the, the consultant who is going into a customer and they are helping them to continuously deliver or deliver on these initiatives and prioritize their work. And we we give it, you know, in, as part of the product is the capability to, to create templates and reusable components. So those uh, organizations will benefit from repeatable patterns so that they can you know, provide consistent service to their customers, uh, but also one that is um, capturing the expertise that adds value as well. So if you do the same, and again, every company is different, and there's, there's different variables, but it, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel each time, or, or the worst thing, which is copy and pasting from other projects like slide decks and Excel spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff, you're building off the templates that are, are tried and tested. We think there's a there's a there's a speed to market there for a better service. Um, and then the last piece, which I'm still finalizing a little bit on, is the value exec piece. So these are people that that um, through my process of of positioning value and talking to people uh, are the experts that are looking for opportunities to help a business, uh, and we will facilitate the introduction basically. And those People and, and there's a there's a there's a lot of them will be available to to assist and get, and then we don't get involved in the commercial agreements so it's not a it's not a value driven advisory driven thing it's a connection you know through our um, process where a customer comes and say here's my problem this is what I'm looking for 
and we will connect them up with, with an expert that, that's got those skills. So let's say you're a, a business that you know hasn't hasn't explored machine learning or how machine machine learning could be um, positioned in your business, and you've got a CTO or you don't have a CTO or you've got a CIO or you don't whatever it is, you could bring in this person on a strategic level to say how would we do this. They don't necessarily get involved in the operational stuff per se, but they could be there to coach the CEO, coach the COO, or work with the CTO who hasn't got the bandwidth or the expertise in machine learning to see the value of where to put this thing. So it's very much a strategic engagement. Uh, and then depending on on how that goes, then bring in a consulting firm or, a, or, a, or an outsource to come and actually do the, the augmentation that might be required or help hire the people that, that are required. So, and then from, from our point of view, it's it's, you know, from the platform, anyone on the platform would be able to re- uh, request these people, you know, again, through a, through a process to say, oh, look, I'm, I'm using the product right now and I we're going to run this ISO 27K uh, certification because the controls have changed. I need help from a, a fractional person who's going to be our, our guide through this, or I need help from an advisory thing. So, so we'll be partner driven to a large extent, and we've got a few partners uh, that we're working with to just to to be available. So it's, it's going to be a marketplace largely to help customers to to see value. So it's exciting. That's a that's a lot going on, but it sounds really yeah. exciting. That's so much you just unveiled there. But no, that's that's awesome. I guess the uh, so the training piece is that on demand then. Yeah, yeah. So I am. Um, I mean, this is this is the thing that I, I'm actually just trying to finish off this week. We, we're probably going to go down the route of on-demand to begin with. And then if there's a need to do more, like in-person or whatever it is, then we'll figure that one out. So, so at the moment, it's on-demand. And I feel like that's probably the best model for most people. They want to be able to watch it. And it's meant to be short stuff. So we're not trying to do like you know, like an hour a day sort of training. I mean, you can do all the courses probably in an hour, hour and a half. But they're meant to be short and punchy. And then what I'm thinking of, and I'd actually be interested if anyone – would want this or not, and, and they're welcome to reach out to me directly or however, is there's the training course, but then there's also like, how would you apply it in my business conversation? Or how would you apply it in my situation? So that's almost the, you know, I am Joe Blogs, I've got this issue, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to build trust in my organization, you know, how would I do it here? Can I have some help coaching, whatever it is? Or, you know, it could even be a deeper thing where, you know, some of the stuff we're doing, uh, like from a risk mitigation point of view, you know, I don't even know how to define my risk, how to quantify the the the, the you know the, the true cost of that risk. How would we do that? And then that would be you know probably a longer discussion. But the intention is to is to start giving people knowledge uh, on a on a on demand basis. Cool. And do you see like mostly? I guess what do do you think this is something where you know maybe a consultant or a managed service provider would you know, sort of like a product-led growth SaaS where someone would, you know, adopt value to help amplify their role to do better in their role? Or is it more of a direct business-to-business where, you know, rolling out to a team to use this model or or could it be both? I think it's going to be both. So, so when I, and I'll be honest, you know, when I was looking at this years ago, I felt that going to, to build it from scratch was going to take too long. And we, it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, because I was supposed to share this kind of knowledge and see if it resonated. And we see that it, it is resonating. And building out the platform was always something that, that I wanted to do. And the thing that always made me nervous was going straight to a customer, like an enterprise. 
because the sales cycle would be so long and how would you fund it and try and sell it at the same time because you've got to sort of spend six months to a year selling it to an enterprise. So the model we're going with is, is partner-led. Mm-hmm. And and that that means you know working with consultants, MSPs, SIs, et cetera, et cetera, to use the product with their customers and basically be led by as we a lot of things we want to build. So we know, we, I mean, I've done all these roles, so I know what I would want. But it's going to be led largely by what is working and not working. With it. So it becomes product-led in that respect and customer, customer-centric primarily because even if you're the MSP or the SI, you still need to make sure your customer's seeing value. And what we're trying to do is make it as simple as possible for the customer to know what to do, but also for the, for the consultant to also know what to do. So, you know, we're trying to remove that, that friction often, which is we've got all this data, we've got all these resources, but, you know, we don't know what to do next. Well, you know, you've got these things. Now I can tell you with this information, you should be, you know, running a, um, whatever, the th- whatever the problem is to solve, a, a desktop transformation, you know, moving users from Windows 10 to Windows 11 uh, or, migra- or you're doing a mergers and acquisition. These are the things you should be looking at. And and that's where the level of what we will provide as as core templates and scenario, as scenarios versus what what a partner would do. So we will provide some base ones, and then a partner might have their own templates that they would provide to their customers, which helps them again to accelerate that arrival at value. Whatever that answers the question, sense. but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it got to the heart of it anyway. So just talk to me a little bit about the the. So we talked sort of about the product or the project piece. The OKR, OKR model. Wow, if I yeah. can talk. Talk to me about the like the finding value piece. Like, what does that look like when you get to the end of the project? How do you sort of quantify, you know, the impact there? Well, yeah, and this is why I say we're we're at the front and the back. So almost like two bookends. So the front piece is the business case. So what is that? What are you trying to achieve? So you could be, uh, as I said, doing a hardware optimization project. So you need to move users from uh, Windows 10 to Windows 11. Or, and and why would you do that? There would be a reason. There could be a good opportunity because your hardware is at the at the point of of you need to replace it. So it might be a large enough order that you can get a good deal, or you're at a stage where the hardware is at a point that it's 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 in a life and it's performing poorly, and you're you're costing your your business time because your people are not productive. So there'll be there'll be something that we'll be able to put together to justify. Um, the need uh, and, and I can give you sort of a, a correlation uh, which would be you know usually you hear about the the physical to VDI migration project because VDI would be cheaper in theory because you are you're, you're leveraging server hardware and you and all that. that's not actually a good business case at all because the server hardware is actually more expensive and the software to run the virtual desktops is actually more expensive than buying and maintaining laptops your business case there is different your business case there is one data leak protection because you're now holding all your data in data sensors and you're not letting people travel with it like you would with a laptop. Even though your laptop's encrypted, um, there's still a risk. Plus, your ability to support and maintain that environment is improved because it's all centralized and you can automate and using, you know, specifically using a golden image that's that's um, cloned. Your ability to maintain and stay up to date and patch and all that kind of stuff is is higher. So that's more the business case that you go with, even though it costs more than than say managing the laptops and desktops, et cetera, in the environment. And that's also not a an all or nothing sort of thing. And these are the kind of things that, that you would work through in planning your initiative upfront. And, and that's the that's part of the process. 
But let's say, you, you know, very simple one, you're doing the migration to Windows 11, you, you'd set out whatever your objectives are to do that. So one, and then in, inside that would be the key steps. So key steps would be one, to assess your environment. And we obviously, you know, my, my allegiance here would be with Lakeside, because uh, that's the tool I use the most. We'd use Lakeside to track to go and uh, profile all the, um, all the devices uh, in the environment. And they've got some really nice dex packs that, that do this already, where it'll tell you how, which devices are ready to go Windows 11, which devices uh, could go if there were some changes made, and which definitely can't. Uh, and that's based mm-hmm. on criteria and rules and stuff. And that's not, you know, we, from from our point of view, we're not trying to get into that stuff other than to use that information to help us plan the in-migration. And then depending on what the what the the areas of concern are, you would make decisions on what you would do next. And that comes down to, so for each key result, we would define, you know, you'd have you'd have discovery, which is that piece. You then have the, the the sort of implementation transition steps you would take to deliver. And, you, and you're always trying to set a delivery. Um, timeline with these things. So I want to do this key result by the end of half, half um, H2, and there might be a financial metric to that as well. So you'd be looking at warranties and, and, and that sort of stuff with your hardware as well, battery replacements, hard drive upgrades, that sort of stuff, because you might have to sweat some, some devices to give you longevity while you are replacing the devices that need to be to do the migrations. Uh, and there'd be other things to consider beyond the hardware. You'd have to do some build testing. So you'd have to do a Windows 11 build. You'd have to look at, you know, and you'd assume in this case most products would still work, but you'd have to do some testing of some key products on the Windows 11 mm. OS. And then you'd also have to look at what your manufacturers are saying around uh, compatibility with, with Windows 11 drivers and all that kind of stuff. So there's a bit of testing, product assurance, and this is all stuff that we would put together in between the objectives, the key results, and the, and the um, scenarios that we would suggest that you do. And then the, the key thing is that you'd, you'd have the data, you know, from one, you know, from Lakeside, for example, telling you uh, what you need to know, and that would help you to build your business case. So, so you would know that in order to do Windows 11 migration, you might get get to a price of, and this is the made up number, a hundred dollars a user to do the migration. So, if you've got ten thousand users, you know it's ten thousand times ten, a uh, hundred dollars at least, uh, and you get a number. And then you'd have to work out your resourcing. What's that resource going to cost for the project? So, you get to that sort of program view of running this thing, and Part of that data we'd be looking at is to say, well, what are the benefits of going to Windows 11? And there'll be some soft benefits. There'll be some, uh, and when I say soft, they're very difficult to tangibly value. So, for example, you know, Microsoft would argue that going to Windows 11 means you have a much more secure environment. Well, you don't really know it's more secure uh, unless you're going to do, you know, testing or or there's actually a vulnerability that's defined. So it's a soft one for now. But what you should get out of Windows 11 in theory, is an improved user experience, hopefully a, a more expedient uh, operating system, um, all those sorts of things, better usability and that, and that. So you could look at that from a productivity point of view and say, well, if I have 10,000 users and an hourly cost of that user working is, is $100, and I'm just using these as, as easy numbers, if on the Windows 10 environment they are impacted 25%, that's a, that's a cost of productivity. And you could use that the cost of productivity either as as a dollar value by multiplying out hours and hours worked in a week times by um, the hourly rate times by 100 percent, and then what the impact is is the 25 percent. Or you could just look at it at time, you know. And and this is where this track would be useful again because you could see how much time a user is spending on a device, and you can see the impact of of their um, poorer performance versus their newer performance, and and that kind of gives you this 
ability to say, okay, if we move users from Windows 10 to Windows 11, we buy all this hardware, we should see an improvement in productivity of 10%, you know, which is usually about, about right. And we should also see, we have to mitigate certain risks like, you know, um, it's, a, it's a better, uh, more secure OS, uh, the hardware is improved, all these things. And that should get you to a number. Now, mm-hmm. um, that, that piece that we would be doing is part of us working through through the value product, setting out the plan, and then basically executing as that plan. At the end of the project, or, or throughout the project, you might do it on a monthly or quarterly basis. We're checking in on those on those items we've marked out for for uh, benefit realization. Saying, okay, well, we said, you know, we're going to move a uh, thousand users a, a, um, a month, so it's going to take ten months to do this. Are the users that have moved are they seeing an improvement in their performance? Through this process, did we remove some applications that you weren't using and re- been able to reclaim some licenses? Well, whatever else we we said we'd do as part of our business case. And at the end, you would say, okay, well, maybe we got a a one a, a one X return, which basically means that the project didn't cost more than than we thought, and we and we managed to do everything we said we would within the boundaries of what we said. Or you ran the project and you it cost slightly more. Uh, we have some lessons learned which we capture. Uh, maybe we underestimated the technical issues that we'd, we'd experience in applications moving from Windows 10 to Windows 11 because there was one that we didn't test properly or whatever it is. And, and this is this is part of the learning curve or, or the feedback loop that's so important in these projects. But you would see, you know, throughout, you know, it's a way of tracking where you're going uh, and then tying it back into um, roll-on activities, which, you know, you might have this migration to Windows 11, but you might have other activities like, you know, using auto, automation to improve things. So maybe at the part of this exercise, you know, you're building in a self-help capability, which is going to reduce tickets, uh, which is always a big one. So that's, you know, that would be another one where you you use ticket analysis, which is something that we do to say, okay, we are seeing common patterns here, like running our disk space, for example, and there's users that are running our disk space a lot. Uh, maybe the issue is not the automation is trying to clean up the disk space failing but actually the drive that they've got is too small so you put them on a 250 gig disk and they should be on a on a 5 gig or a 500 gig or a terabyte disk um, and there's calculations about that too you know what is the cost of buying a, a bigger drive versus the impact of productivity for that user and again we use the data from something like SysTrack to, to help us to quantify that because you, know, you need something to tell you what the impact will be but then that justifies the the replacement element. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense. Well, congrats again on this very exciting launch of all these very cool things. If someone wants to go learn more about value, where would you suggest they they go? So so the first version of the website, which my wife is is helping me fix, is getvalue.com. Uh, and it's G-E-T-V-A-L-U-U.com. That's probably a, a good spot to go. Obviously, a lot on LinkedIn. So you'll see if you if they connect with me on LinkedIn or even look at my profile, there's, there's a value page and there's a value exec page to go there. Those are probably the best places to go. Otherwise, as I said, just reach out to me directly and we can we can chat. Okay. Well, sounds good. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, it's exciting. Getting it out there in the wild. It's good that's stuff. It. Super. Thanks, Heather. Cool. Talk to you later. Cheers, Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. 
The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.